It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Discord, and Reddit. Links in the description. This week's episode, The Jersey Devil. Before we get started with this week's episode, we gotta pay the bills. You ready, Agent Ether? Let's go. I was at the Greenfish Lady Cafe this morning enjoying a coffee chino when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN or virtual private network encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? With ExpressVPN, you can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it directly on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A, capital C, capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, Thanks ExpressVPN. That's expressvpn.com forward slash uppercase A, C, P. Link in the description. Now let's get to the show. So I found out the Jersey Devil was also known by several other names. Yes. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the hell spawn of Mama Leeds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that one. But I was trying to figure out where some of these names came from. And I'm guessing that each one has its different roots, like Jabberwock. Isn't that like the Jabberwocky from Yeah, the Jabberwocky. No, it's like an English thing. Yeah. I think. Oh. Wasn't there like a character in Star Wars named like a Jabberwocky or something like that? Uh, no. Wait, it was, um, just, what was it? It was the, uh, I know the end sounds like a Wookiee a little bit, but I just not, I don't think that's what I'm thinking of. No, no. You're, I know you're talking about like the sand people or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, ah, whatever. I it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forget what it's, <laughs> I mean, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's been so long since I saw that movie. It was also called a wazzle bug. Wazzlebug. Yeah, and I I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I was looking for it. And, you know, newspapers refer to it by different names, and eventually the Jersey Devil would be the one that stuck. But it was also described just in general as the Flying Devil, and then for some idea, an Australian waif. Huh, very hmm. interesting. You know, I just had a spark of inspiration. I think uh, uh, the crypt, the, the show crypt is there in the room that I can hear with you. Maybe we should cause them. What was it? What was the name? Wazzlebuffs or Wazzlebuff? Wazzlebug. Hmm. Wazzlebug. They sound like Wazzlebugs to me. That might be a good <laughs> nickname for them. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why Just not? Just a nickname is all, not their real name. Yeah, a bunch of Wazzlebugs over there making noise. 
And I just wanted to hear their hoofs. I just want to throw out there (laughs) that this topic was requested by the conjugator 2.0 on discord. So we have a, like a list of topics a mile long. There really is no end in sight. People sometimes ask me, well, won't you ever run out of topics? Like, no, (laughs) there are so many, so many sightings and weird. There's just, it never ends. So if anybody requests something, it doesn't matter what it is. I will generally prioritize that on the list because why not? Hey, if people request it, then they want to hear yeah. it. Why not do those first, right? Makes no difference to me. It's all a bunch of interesting stuff anyways. I figure like the notes and stuff that we take, we could probably make them longer anyways by just double spacing and making the font bigger. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like a book life, report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put some bar graphs in there. That's how you get to 20 pages. No problem. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this it's endless, endless list. This before we get started on this week's episode, I just found out in Discord. One of the people in Discord just linked. I guess they do anime on on YouTube. I don't know anything about their channel because I just found out that they had a channel. But um, if anybody is interested in anime type stuff, check out Grayscaling on YouTube. I'm gonna check it out later when I get a chance. And uh, yeah, anime. I'm I'm a big fan of anime, so anything anime, I'm definitely interested in. And it's pretty Hell cool yeah. if you get to interact with somebody who's actually making anime. Like, that makes it way cooler. So, shout out to Grayscaling and uh, check out their stuff on YouTube. All right. Now, let's get into it. The Jersey Devil. I think Agent Ether is going to cover some of the history and mythology and stuff like that. Right, Agent Ether? Well, I'd like to start with the history of the Leeds family because often the Jersey Devil is called the Leeds Devil. Okay. And uh, the area where the Jersey Devil is was actually named by an old Indian tribe. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but they called it the Papusing or Place of the Dragon, which I thought was interesting. So Mm. it has some historical context there as well. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know Native Americans had dragons. I thought that was like a European thing or something. Maybe it's an equivalent. Maybe it's some sort of cryptid. Maybe, yeah. Or, oh, actually, Chinese people have dragons, too. So maybe yeah. it's not a European thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. See dra- dragons in Indonesia, China? Asia, yeah. I mean, uh, Japan. So maybe it is like an international thing. Well, some Dutch explorers came through later, and they called it the Drake Kill or Dragon River. You think that was influenced by the, the Native Americans? Uh, I would think so, yeah. That would make sense. So the area didn't start yeah. being settled till 1960s, and it would have been... That can't be right. <laughs> Wait, the 1960s? That cannot be right. Wait, what? I, I think that's a typo. <laughs> I think it's a typo, too. It must be 60s. Well, we did 60s. recently cover time travel, so that could, that could come into play there. You know, I mean, maybe. Finger no, slip. <laughs> that's too much of a stretch. The area began to get settled in the 1660s by the Quakers, who are also known as the Society of Friends. They were often persecuted in England for their beliefs because they thought that God was found within, not through clergy and ritual. How dare they? Well, that's a lot of religions. You know, it's all about the the ritual. Um, So this was a little different. They were strongly pacifists and anti-royalists. And the area where they were to settle in southeast Jersey had a lot of forest and swamp And there were some old Indian roads that went through these, but travel was somewhat difficult. Hmm. Because they didn't have uh, off-road vehicles yet? Yeah, no Humvees, so. (laughs) I bet there's some good 4 by 4 trails up there. But it's it's an extremely heavily, densely forested area. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and there's, there's a box, there's like some... 
there's some bogs and like swampland in the area as well. So some of the areas uh, are very hard to to travel through. Extremely well, hard. The area we're going to talk about that most of the sightings happen is the area in, in New Jersey generally called the Pine Barrens. And that's the largest remaining mm-hmm. section of the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens. It's about 1.1 million acres or about 22% of New Jersey's land area. Wow. So we're talking about a huge, I, I don't even know how to, huge area. I don't even know how to quant, how to think about that type of, yeah. that's a, that's a gigantic land mass. We're not talking about a couple of trees on a hill here. We're talking about a vast woodland or barren. Well, I don't know area. too. I, well, we're I not read even that, talking a couple of hills. Yeah. <laughs> I read that orchids grow there, like a lot of different varieties of orchids. Yeah. So I thought that was just really? a little tidbit. Among yeah. other things. Among other things, yeah. Well, the area does have a very, a very diverse amount of like wildlife and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's teeming with life, you know, and so dense that, I mean, we there could be something where there we haven't seen. There definitely yeah. could be. And there is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called it's called the Jersey <laughs> Devil. <laughs> uh, dun, dun, dun. So the first governor of New Jersey was Lord Cornbury, and he was pretty much hated. He was a very unpopular English figure. He would take a counselor by the name of Daniel Leeds in 1677. Daniel Leeds had three wives, and it was hard to nail down. They had somewhere between eight and 12 children total. And he would pass his property and his business later to his son, Titan, and their home would become Leeds Point in the Pine Barrens. And what's interesting is that when his son inherited the business, he changed his family crest to depict like this bat-like creature on the back of a shield. Do you guys know how to pronounce this? Wyvern? Wyvern? I think it's just Wyvern. 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 So it was a wyvern on a shield. That was their family crest. Right. And that's a little bit naughty back then because that symbology, that's not like a wholesome Christian type symbology. No. That's sort of a little naughty, like on the, the satanic side of things, if you will. But it makes sense. I've actually, uh, I've actually ridden a wyvern. <laughs> <laughs> really? It was in a, I mean, it was in a video game, but. Like, oh. oh, all right. All right. Well, well that's a little less exciting too. than I imagined. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. but anderson's right it was a little naughty and uh part of that's where it comes from is that leeds was a a quaker but he started publishing this almanac and it had a lot of like astrology in it and the quakers considered it pretty like heretical and he was ostracized and censored so he broke away from the society of friends the quakers and continued to publish he wrote tracts and pamphlets. And in 1688, he wrote a book, Temple of Wisdom, and it had topics like magic, astrology, and demonology. And Leeds claimed, I saw this, I don't know if it's true, but Leeds claimed as a young man, he had visions. A lot of his material would be anti-Quaker, and he would eventually convert to Anglicanism. And in response to Leeds' publications, the Quakers released a pamphlet accusing Leeds of working with the devil. Okay, wait, let's back up just a little bit there because I found a really interesting story about this almanac that involves Benjamin Franklin, which yep, I was, I was like, the one I was thinking of. I was like, what? Benjamin Franklin's mm-hmm. in this story. All right, now this is a lot more interesting. It, I guess it turns out that Benjamin Franklin was like the OG American troll because <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he was in competing business with him with his poor Richard's almanac. 
And he said that, uh, so there's Daniel Leeds was the father and he eventually passed on the business and everything to his son, Titan, uh, uh, Daniels. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what the, what the, that's a, that's a very powerful name. Titan Leeds, right? That's uh, you name your kid Titan. That's kind of like naming your kid, like Adonis, like, oh, this is going to be a good looking kid. You don't know that. It's just a baby right now. You know, El Guapo. Yeah, exactly. That's a powerful. That's a powerful name. That's that takes a lot. It takes a lot of uh, I don't know, a lot of chutzpah to name your kid something like that. <laughs> chutzpah. chutzpah. Yeah, I missed that. I didn't roll that. Uh, it's like whatever. that Johnny Cash song. That Johnny Cash song. Um, a boy named Sue. Yeah, like, maybe. Like if, if you're if you're gonna name your your kid something like that, something outrageous, uh, to some effect, then uh, that's gonna have a, a a serious impact on their life. Yeah. So, anyways, so like a name like Titan is either gonna make or break you. You know. As the story goes. Um, Benjamin there was in competition and he was trying to get his market share up. So he claimed that the astrological signs said that Titan would die in 1733. This didn't happen because, you know, (laughs) well, I don't want to, a lot of people believe in astrology. I'm not one of them. So we'll just leave it at that. But uh, when this happened, Titan published stuff saying that, you know, Franklin was a fool and an idiot and whatever, you know, basically your, your typical slander. It went back and forth and back yeah. and forth. But the, the funny part was that after the date that he predicted, um, Benjamin Franklin said that Titan had actually died and his ghost was the one publishing these articles and these almanacs <laughs> and stuff from, from beyond <laughs> the grave. <laughs> and I guess this was, um, people really got a kick out of this. It was... Done in a style that was apparently very obviously a joke, right? Like he wasn't really saying that this guy's ghost was, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. But so this was apparently very successful and it helped the poor Richard's Almanac to gain market share or to become more popular. So I just wanted to throw that little bit in there because I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know if it's true. I didn't have time to look into that particular thing. But uh, anybody interested, you could probably find somewhere on the Internet these old copies. Somebody's has to have scanned in. Something like Poor Richard's Almanac, that's like a, a classic that has to be scanned in somewhere. So this has to be available, so. right? You would think. I don't know. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Agent Ether, please continue. No, that's that's what I had about the history, except I wanted to mention that he also had a brother, Jaffet. And in his will, it says that he had 12 children. And he was either married to someone named Jane or Deborah but some people think that maybe his wife was actually the original mother Leeds. Mm-hmm. So it's not clear if it was one of Daniel Leeds' wives or maybe Jaffet's wives where the origin comes from, the origin story. Hmm. Okay. I, I wonder how common it was back then to have that many children, because like, like, especially if it was by one woman. Because obviously they didn't have the medical advance, advancements that we have nowadays, so it's not it was no, nowhere near as safe, right? Well, to have I know a child. I know one of the reasons I couldn't find how many children Daniel Leeds actually had was a couple of them died during childbirth, and his second wife oh. also died during childbirth. So it was common to have oh, a lot okay. of children, but a lot of them would not reach adulthood, or they uh-huh. would they would pass at birth. Yeah, that's yeah, why you had yeah. to have like ten of them because you know <laughs> they wouldn't all make it. No. No, it was very That's why people back in those days they were like they were hard. They were hard people. You yeah. Know, what they went what they went through, you know, the they did they just didn't didn't have the uh advancements and the the luxuries that we have nowadays, man. And like I hear you hear you know, you, you just sometimes you like you'll you'll read like a historical documentary book or something like that, you know, and 
Like you'll, you'll hear these testimonies about like, uh, you know, certain figures and how many children they had that passed away, like at birth or like early on in their lives for, for, for a cold or the flu, you know, or some disease or something like that, that they just didn't have the ability to fight back then, you know? Yeah. And not only that, but like, you know, some of these people lived in such, such a far, far sprung areas. Like, Hey, if there was a doctor, you might have to travel a day or two to get to him. You know, by that point, I mean, you know, whatever they had going on, maybe done with, you know, you know, yeah. as far as their life goes, but yeah, I don't know though. I mean, I got it pretty rough. Yeah, have you ever it, tried to correctly position a microphone in front of aging ether? That's really, I mean, gosh, you know, that's, that's it? rough. It's just, that's just <laughs> as bad as living back in colonial times. I tell you what. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> it's an ordeal, I tell you. No, just kidding. Of course no, it's not. No, let me let me tell you sometimes sometimes when I'm cooking bacon in a pan without a shirt on, which I do sometimes because I'm an idiot, like I'll burn myself <laughs> and that's a real, you know, it's that, that shit sucks. That's, you know, it's it's a uh, it makes my life hard. You know, I'll still eat the bacon, <laughs> of course, you know. <laughs> you know. I'm not I'm not mad at the bacon, you know. <laughs> hey, you got to blame the pan on that First, one. <laughs> <laughs> First world problems, right? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, have you touched yet on, I'm sure you're about to get to the origin of the legend and like the different stories involved? Yeah, there's one story. I think the most common story is that Mother Leeds, whoever she was, found out she was pregnant with her 13th child and she cursed it. She said it might as well be a child of the devil, a devil child. And it was. It was either born that way, or after it was born, it became that way, and it would escape into the wild. Yeah, I saw some stories that it actually flew up through the flew chimney. Flew up through the chimney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of that, funny. That's, that's, that's kind of one of the things about this story, is like the, the origin story that surrounds it. There, there's a lot of different versions. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of similarities, too. But like some of the versions, like like one of them, I heard that you know somebody opened the door to let it out because they were afraid. They're just like, just get it out, you know. Like, and then yeah, I did hear that story about what it just found it way. It found its way up the chimney somehow, which I don't know. Being a brand new born, whatever it was, I, I find that kind of unlikely. But like uh, you hear, you hear like uh, it was like born a devil, and then some stories you hear that it was born and then changed into a devil type creature, like in front of everybody. You know, everybody just started flipping out and, and <laughs> running all over the place and stuff. And, and uh, like anytime anybody got next to it, like it started hissing at him and stuff, and like like you know trying to defend <laughs> itself or something like that. You know, like yeah. like a cat. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also like the the description of the beast. Um, throughout the millennia or whatever, throughout the years, um, there's a lot of different ex like descriptions of it, but there also is some, a lot of similarities. And most of the stories is described as having hoofs and also described as having wings. So like, those are like the, the two things that I kind of, uh, saw out of all the des descriptions that I, that I, uh, read or, or, or watched, um, yeah, it definitely had hooves and wings, but there's all sorts of different, uh, combinations of other parts of the body that, that that have been described as well. But I find it very interesting, like this character uh, that is up there, you know, that, that people are very adamant about so, some, some of these uh, like testimonies, like some of the videos that I watched, like uh, for example, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get too far ahead here, but like some of those people seem like, yeah, a little wishy-washy, but there was a couple of them that damn it. They seem like they were adamant about what they saw. Like they were like a no, in, in absolute matter of fact terms, like what they described, like they, they were, they didn't seem like they were trying to blow smoke up anybody's ass. 
You know, I, that's all. I, I, but you know, I'm just saying those all. You know, but well, there's a lot of people yeah, out there. This is a very who, interesting character. They sound honest because they believe what they're saying, and whether or not it's true, they're honest people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's their that. that's Absolutely. their experience. That's how they're. You know, that's how they see it, and that's how it may or may not be. Right, mm-hmm. and that's the interesting thing about a lot of cryptid cases is that. You get so many witnesses, particularly some of the more prominent ones like the you know, like Bigfoot or something, that whether or not you believe Bigfoot exists, there's so many people reporting it that it has to be something. It can't be nothing. There has to be something that people yeah. are seeing. I mean, sure, some of them are probably hoaxes or whatever, people just making up stories, but mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that they're all just making up stories. There's just so many witnesses. Yeah. Every year, there's more and more. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of one of the unfortunate things like that surrounds some of these cases, especially like the most famous ones, is because there is so many hoaxes, you know, some so many provable hoaxes, you know, that were obviously hoaxes that like it kind of just discredits everything else around it, and then you don't know what the hell to believe, you know, they're like, well, what is credible information? I mean, I, there's always going to be an objective way to look at it, of course, um, you know, uh, evidence is evidence, you know what I mean, and you got to look at that, I, I suppose, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I hate when it, like the, the, the waters get muddied, you know, by all these people that are just trying to gain like, uh, attention or whatever they're trying to do, you know? Well, some of them do it just for the fun of doing it. Like one of the, the earliest, uh, what, what used to be considered the earliest, I talked about it in a previous, previous episode, but I forget all of the particulars because it was a while ago, but in the late 1800s, there's a fellow who came up with the story that was considered the earliest case of like cattle mutilation. And he said that like some, uh, a strange flying object tried to lasso a cattle or whatever and pull it up into the ship. Hmm. And um, it turns out a researcher discovered, and again, I, I wish I knew the researcher's name because this was, you know, a nice piece of um, nice piece of work to dig this up. But he discovered this fellow was actually part of a liar's club and the liar's club would have like a monthly contest hmm. to see who could get the most outrageous thing published in some newspaper or whatever. And they didn't get any money or benefit. It was just like, a, I don't know, just, you know, the winner just got like, you know, probably <laughs> they bought him around a beer or something, you know, like, you, all right, you yes. win. You've got the most ridiculous story in there, you know, and everyone believes it. Yeah. So, it's I like mean, betting, it's like, it's like a gentleman's bet. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing it for for the benefit of anything, really, just besides just to do it, maybe just for the fun of it, I suppose. Right. So I, I know I, that I did see know. actually that I, I did actually see a story of um, in that area in 1804. There was a posse that was uh, formed due to like like um, what they thought was a creature that was killing li- uh, livestock, and yeah. um, they didn't solve the problem, but they did create a posse and, and tried to hunt something in the area because uh, there, I guess, there was a bunch of livestock that was being killed and mutilated. And uh, they 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 figured it wasn't a person or a human doing this. This was, was some kind of beast or something. So, yeah. but they never. It was just one of those stories that I read where they formed a posse. They went out with torches and axes and stuff, and but they never nothing ever came of it. You know, that's yeah. a that's a thing, right? We talked about it with the vampires and the chubacabra, and now the Jersey Devil people forming posses and going hunting. Well, and especially back then, I mean, you know, the the people were ter- were terrified at one point. But this case is actually goes back a couple hundred years. Before we go on to more, mm-hmm. I don't think we did. We give a description of the creature yet. I don't think we said a description. Not fully. Yeah. No. So Not really, no. The description I gave or that I found. Um, oh, there's a bunch of different ones, but they're all pretty similar. And it's sort of like a kangaroo-like creature with the face of a horse, head of a dog, and bat-like wings, 
horns and a tail. <laughs> and I read maybe dragon claws. Yeah, dragon claws. There's maybe. a little variation there, but a lot of them say, you know, head of a dog and face of a horse. That's the most common stuff. And also bat-like wings. Yeah. You know, the well, other stuff. I saw stuff, like, like, like face of a horse or like face of like a cow. But like when, when I, I saw a lot of the des- descriptions, when they saw a, a horse face, they would say sometimes it would have like horns on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And like uh, a lot of the descriptions that I saw um, were like the legs were like, like goat, goat legs kind of, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, hairy, hairy, uh, thighs and calves and stuff. And then goat hooves, you know? Yeah. And then obviously the, you know, the, the different, uh, joints that goats have in their legs, you know, if they're standing on uh if they're bipedal, right. That'd be very different, but I, I've heard, uh, you know, descriptions of it being bipedal and also traveling on all fours. So I, I think most of the ones that are, are traveling on all fours are probably some like a, a bear or something, you know, that they're seeing. Most yeah. likely because bears do stand up on two legs sometimes, you know, but it's, it's because they're foraging for like bears or something or, or maybe they're trying to get to something uh, higher than them, you know, but, but yeah, I think, uh, there, there are some potential descriptions for this, but let's, let's get more into the, uh, the actual description of the, the, uh, cryptid here though. Um, so yeah, it, it's had, you know, supposedly goat hoop, goat hooves, uh, a lot of times described as being winged. And um, sometimes being like described as being uh, small, like like three foot high and or four foot high at most. Uh, but a lot of the descriptions I've seen some that like describe the damn thing as being like seven feet or something. Like in, in some of the testimonies that people have, um, even some of the pictures. Like I've seen pictures of people that uh, you know say that they were kind of not necessarily attacked but stalked by this thing, like right outside their house, and then they like ran inside the house. And then they take pictures of like hoof prints on like, cause there's snow on top of their, um, their house, you know? And uh, I've seen, I've seen a couple different uh, instances of that. And like, yeah, c- could you uh, recreate that? Could it be faked? Oh, sure. Right. Yeah, it definitely could. But, but like, uh, it, it, the descriptions that they, that they provide are pretty damn, um, like I said, some of these ones are like, they're very matter of fact about it. And like, just for the reason that they they decided to provide photo evidence or something or even take it, you know, means that possibly they could be very genuine about what they're doing just because they decided to do that. They put the effort towards, you know? Yeah. And the most important part of the but, description that uh, the most common thing that everybody said, at least that it seemed to me, was that the creature emitted a high pitched blood curdling scream. And I mm. imagine that sounded something like this. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> Agent Anderson said that we should each give our own version yeah. of the scream, but I... Uh, Agent Ether I, declined. What I do you declined. think it sounded like, Agent ETA? <laughs> Maybe... <laughs> or like that. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that's exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> I read it made a hissing sound. Yeah. Well, most of the oh, reports oh, I saw... Like, it, you know, it could have been... It could have been like this. Hiss, I'm a slippery little snake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite memes. And I always find that extremely hilarious. But <laughs> just because he hissed at some some of these characters, I suppose, you know, I, I threw that in. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. Is I don't yeah. know what you're knows, talking man? about. So it's it's really funny on my end. <laughs> if if anybody if anybody does know what I'm talking about, then they will find I I, I assume they probably will find it hilarious. I don't know. I, I am a, uh, I, I love memes. I love memes. I, I am a survivor of the, uh, the great meme war of 2017 and 18, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was in a neutral zone for that one. 
<laughs> it's called <Yeah>. having kids. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was well, I was well involved and had a, a, a grand old time, just a grand old time. <laughs> but let's get back to the story though. We're getting a little off track. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to have to edit some of that out. <laughs> All yeah. right. Or where, where were you aging ether? Oh, well, we could talk about, uh, you talk about other origin stories. Yes. Cause there were several. Actually. Yeah. One of them was that it was mm-hmm. actually a family curse. Not that okay. it had been passed down oh. from generation to generation, just that the family had somehow been cursed. And one of the ways was that, I guess, because of the whole conversion from, you know, being a Quaker or the fact that they were Quakers, there were some reports that a clergyman had actually cursed the family or specifically Mother Leeds. Hmm. Well, they kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then there was uh, another one about a British British sh- about a British soldier. <laughs> 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 the uh, town actually put a curse on a girl who fell in love with a British soldier. And yeah, and back then, remember that the British were. This is. This origin story is from just before the Revolutionary War. Yeah, they'd come into the area. I guess there were some iron forges, and they were supplying the privateers, a.k.a. pirates. So they wanted to come in and uh, take them out, and so Mm -hmm. she was cursed as a traitor. Yeah. Well, they actually had a battle over those uh, iron forges at one point, where the British actually was unsuccessful at taking them. But uh, that, that, that area at that point in time... Um, they were producing a lot of metal. And actually, as a matter of fact, um, they had a really good glass works there as well. Shipbuilding in the area too. I mean, um, the, that, that area was, uh, at the time, a very productive area as, as far as industry goes, you know? Yeah, there was, uh, yep, lots of industry. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know where to, I don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> well, no, I, all right. So after the, after the English took over New Jersey from the Dutch in, in 1664, um, like they built up a lot of infrastructure for whaling, shipbuilding, and um, also there was a lot of uh, uh, really uh, good iron deposits in the area. And then they also found out later, a little bit later on, not too much later, but a little bit later on, um, like the sands in the area were really good, high-quality sands for making glass. So, like, that was another mm-hmm. one of the indus- industries that popped up after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought Aging Ether was going to say something, and then she didn't. I was like, oh, crap, we can't have dead air. I got to say something. And I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm, I'll edit out the silent part, but not the other stuff, because it's funny. <laughs> That's the one thing. That's the one thing. Some podcasts, they don't edit out their silent parts. And now I'm always like, is it, did my thing stop playing? Is it, is it broken? What's going on here? Because sometimes it stops playing, mm-hmm. and you got to go and press play again. So I try to, I don't, I don't yep. like having silent parts, but uh, all right. Anyways, is, do you have any more origin stories there? I do. We have the good old fashioned gypsy curse. Oh, good. Old, I mean, come on. Why not? There were gypsies in, la, la, la. Uh, in the colonies. You never get to be gypsy. Gypsies everywhere. All right. I guess so. The origin story here would yeah, just dude. be pretty typical that a gypsy came and a girl would deny her food and the gypsy would curse her to give birth to a devil child. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That actually sounds a lot like the plot to uh, Beauty and the Beast. Actually, kind of <laughs> reminds me. <laughs> okay. Every uh, every time I hear Gypsy, I just think uh, Stephen King's Thinner. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> I don't know why, but that like that that uh, that story made an impression on me when I was younger. I yeah. don't know why. 
But the one thing I don't like about that story is the main character was like, he was just too much of a goody two shoes. You know, I just, he had several chances yeah. to get out and he, well, I don't want to spoil the story for anybody, but I mean, yeah. you know, well, it was I, well, unrealistic. I, well, dude, it's, when was that? When was, when did, when did he write that? I have no I mean, idea. A Stephen like King story uh, was no unrealistic. Really? I can, I can tell you I read it in the 90s, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know when it was written. Well, actually, uh-huh. now that you mention it, I do have the internet right here in front of me. So let's go ahead and look oh. that up. The Google machine, baby. Or I prefer the DuckDuckGo machine, to be honest. But Yeah, a lot more out there. Switch, people. Switch well, to DuckDuck. The problem with the, 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 movie yeah. with the movie was a bit of an atrocity, but like... Like I remember, there are some pretty memorable moments, though. Like, like, like when the old man kind of like brushes his hand across his face and says, "Like, what the fuck, dude? The hell is that?" Like, I don't know. Like, like the the way that the actor, I guess, delivered it. I guess for me, like, it was weird. I, you know, I don't know. I just found it very weird. Yeah. So it says here, 1984, and he wrote it under his pseudonym Richard Bachman, which he was. He was trying to write books oh. under a different name so that he could write them without people, I don't know, bad reviews or whatever. I mean, there's a reason he had for it, and I forget what that reason was, but I think it had something to do with uh, he didn't like how the critics were constantly talking smack about his books or something like that. He just wanted to show he that he could. He, yeah, he wanted to show he could make a name for himself based solely on his writing. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Not, not based on his name, but based on his writing. Yeah, and if you look at the oh, cover he, of this novel on Wikipedia, the cover they have, the name Richard Bachman is smaller than the title of the book. I remember a lot of Stephen King books, like the name Stephen King would be bigger than the title of the book because <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's what people paid for. They're like, oh, Stephen King, I'll buy it. I don't care what it is, you know. It's very popular back in the day. Very popular. But anyways, where were we? Oh, yeah, gypsies. Gypsies, and that that's it for that. And then we also have uh, the townspeople thought that the mother was a witch and the father was the devil himself. And the, together they born and gave birth to this demon child. As you do if you're a witch and the devil? Yes, yes. Yeah, and then makes sense. The last one I have is that uh, the, the family was actually part of a mysterious cult. Hmm. An evil okay. cult. Mm. They kind of were so into the occult, evil. it appears. So I have a, another origin story that I, I don't know if you came across, but the uh, level-headed approach or the skeptical approach, I suppose you might say, whichever, is that the Leeds family being royal supporters, everybody hated them pretty much. And uh, they were powerful and influential, so I guess you couldn't just kill them necessarily, but nobody liked them because they supported the royals. So... Also combine that with the fact that they were into the occult, or at least the father was into the occult. You know, I'm, I'm assuming the family was into it as well. And that uh, the Quakers, being highly religious, did not like that. They earned a certain reputation and people starting call, started to call them the Leeds Devils or the Leeds Devil, referring to maybe the father. And over time... That became sort of like this this urban myth or legend or something where, you know, people would tell their kids, you know, oh, don't go out in the woods, the Leeds Devil's out there, sort of like the Boogeyman or something, right? And it evolved over time, and it wasn't until the early 1900s when people actually started commonly calling it the Jersey Devil instead of the Leeds Devil. And that at that point, um, there started to be a lot of sightings in 1909. I mean, it goes back a little further than 1909. I think 1903 
is maybe when it started happening when um, this somebody, uh, I think it was uh, Norman Jeffries hoaxed. A, he like uh, glued some stuff to a kangaroo or something to try to get people oh, to come to like a, like a they penny actually, museum. Yeah, they, they glued stuff to it and like spray painted it basically. Ah, that poor animal. Like they, <laughs> yeah, they were not, maybe not spray painted. I don't know, but they painted it like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, it seemed to me a very, a very poor effort. <laughs> yeah. It, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks for that, that kangaroo. Yeah. So it was basically a family that was not like locally and they just, they said stuff about them and they just sort of evolved over time. And that combined with the fact that the Pine Barrens area also had a bad reputation and the people living in that area, some people actually lived in those areas in like the Pine Barrens. And those people have a name called the Pineys, I guess. And people like, um, like highwaymen, outcasts, fugitives, poachers, moonshiners, you know, the, the outcasts of society basically tended to live there because, you know, they're under the radar. It's, it's really hard to catch somebody in rough terrain like that. You know, no, even, it's like some even of the, nowadays, some of the outlaws, like some of the outlaws from the Appalachians and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Think like Robin Hood See, or something, but you know, the American Robin no. Hoods who didn't necessarily no. give to the poor, but they did steal. <laughs> but there mm -hmm. were actually, there was a group of highwaymen who would steal and help support, uh, you know, the British effort as well. So it was, it was an area where there, it had a bad reputation for, you know, like if you're, if you're walking by there and your kids said, Hey, we should go in there. You're like, no, no don't go in there. That's where the bad people are. You know, that kind of a thing. So we don't that, want to come across them. They're pineys now, son. Yeah, exactly. So it also <laughs> had the area in general had this sort of reputation that possibly contributed to the, you know, the mythology of it. If that's what it is, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying this is one story that I read. All right. So, that's, uh, did you have anything else, Agent Ether? Before, no. Before I go on? You didn't? You no, did that, that was all the origin stories I could find, every little last one. Okay, nice. Now, there are a lot of sightings throughout the years, like a ton of sightings, which is, like I said earlier, it's hard to believe that all of these sightings are nothing. There seems like there has to be something behind it, but what that thing is, who knows? But Agent ETA has a really interesting story about a guy that the first time I saw his name, I was like, that sounds like a, a made up name. Uh, why don't you go ahead with your bit, uh, with your sighting there, Agent ETA? My bit? This is a real story, sir. <laughs> this, is, this is a real story told by a historical character that accomplished quite a bit in his lifetime as well. And he was attached to another very historical character that overshadowed him, even though he was his younger brother. Uh, the person in which I speak of is Joseph Bonaparte, the older brother to Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, the D-Napoleon that everybody uh, knows, you know. See, that um, that sounds made up to me. Is, uh, that sound, that's, hold on. That sounds made up like, oh, what? yeah, Napoleon totally had a brother. Brother. What was his name? Uh, his name was Joe. Joe was his brother. Was yeah, named his Joe. name was Joe. Was uh, he, was he hey, shorter uh, than his brother? <laughs> you know, I do not know that. I do not. <laughs> but I, I, I assume he wasn't because that whole thing about like having like a Napoleon complex. You know what I mean? If you're really short, some people like like that makes them super aggressive. You know, like as far as like how uh, competitive they are or whatever they're trying to accomplish in their life. You know. Um, I've seen it before. That shit happens, man. That's a thing. It's a real thing, I think. And I don't yeah, know. Have you ever I've seen, seen a chihuahua that's overaggressive? I don't know. I've seen some of those <laughs> fighters, though, like those MMA fighters who fight in the really low weight class, and they're like tiny. They're tiny oh, yeah. little guys, uh -huh. and they're kicking ass. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been quite a few, but like, uh, yeah, Demetrius Johnson is my favorite. I'll just tell you that much right now. All right. That's, that's in my opinion, that's my, that's my goat. He was so good but that most of his fights were. He like, still is. What are you talking about? He was. Okay, fine. No, he, he still he is. is. He's he is. fighting fine, over fine, one fine. championship. He's fine, fine. He is. But I mean, in his prime, <laughs> when he was the champion, like he was so good in the UFC that his fights were almost, they were kind of boring because he outclassed everybody by so yeah. much. And it's not like he was fighting chumps yeah. the whole time. He was fighting legit dudes. And he just, man, that yeah. guy's so good. Yeah, yeah. He, he never became really popular. He never put, he was, he was never one of those uh, fighters that puts a lot of asses in the seats yeah. or sells a lot of tickets. But in my opinion, he was one of the most high, highly trained, highly, like just the most, one of the most technical fighters you could, you could find out there at anywhere, anywhere. You know, even today. Well, uh, well, maybe not today. He's uh, eh, maybe not today. Yeah, but in his prime, like, and he's still damn good, damn freaking good. But like, you know, it's uh, the game is catching up. You know, I mean, the game is getting like, you know, trainers are getting smarter and smarter, and they're picking up on things here and there and, and putting plans together that that work. You know, for their fighters. But uh, at any rate, let's get back to freaking dang old uh, old Joe, yeah. old Joe uh, Bonaparte there. Good old Joey. <laughs> hey. Hey, good old Joe. Joe Bonaparte. How you doing? <laughs> no, so uh, Joseph Bonaparte <laughs> uh, was the, the firstborn there in that line of kids. Uh, he was the older brother to N Napoleon Bonaparte. And um, the guy, like I said, he accomplished quite a bit in his lifetime. Uh, the dude had been to quite, quite, quite a bit, uh, you know, good and bad. But um, the reason why I kind of almost am inclined to, to believe his story is because like the dude had a reputation like, and he had a, a pretty damn good reputation. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, he wasn't a failure, uh, so, I mean, as a matter of fact. Uh, so the dude was a, he had been a, a, a previous King when he had this, uh, this sighting. And I'll, I'll kind of explain to you a little bit like the, the road that led him to being in this area. Um, cause obviously he's not from <laughs> North America, you know? So, okay. So, um, the guy was a King of Naples, um, from 1806 to 1808. And, um, that's not a long period of time, you know, but he actually was accredited to doing quite a, uh, a few good things for that area at the time. Um, he, uh, he, he, uh, revamped the monetary system as far as like what their coinage was and made it more, much more, um, just like, like easier to deal with. And he also increased the amount of silver in their coins to 70% from like, I don't remember what the, it was. It was very low percentage at, you know, before then, which, you know, obviously it makes the, the coinage more valuable. And, uh, he, what he was planning on doing basically with that is making things more consistent because at the time they weren't when he took over. So, um, he did a lot of good things in Naples, improved like roadways, schools. Um, there was a lot of infra infrastructure that he built, uh, in a very short period of time. I mean, he, he built a bunch of like, um, um, bases and, and, uh, um, upgraded like uh, certain technologies of the military, even like the like. I was impressed reading the long list of stuff that he accomplished just just during those two years. Like, how the hell did this guy do this? Like that that's it really stuck out to me. Like, and, and I, I do think that the guy, even though yeah, his his brother was Napoleon, I do think he is actually a pretty important historical figure. Um, he, he was involved in a, a lot of uh, important stuff uh, in Europe, but at any rate, so he was, uh, he was the king of Naples hacking. from eighteen oh six. Ah, he probably was using a, a game shark or something. Yeah, you know? good old cheat codes. <laughs> 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 so, so he was a uh, uh, 
the yeah the, the king of Naples from 1806 to 1808, and then um, he was actually removed that uh, from that position from his, uh, by his brother Napoleon, and he was appointed to be the king of Spain. And so, like, uh, reading into the history and stuff, like, in hindsight now, like, if I was him, I'd be like, ah, damn it. Like, really, dude? Like, why you want? I mean, he, he was doing so good in Naples. Like, the people there loved him for the most part, you know? Uh, you're always going to have people that, anyways, haters going to hate, right? Anyways, um, so he was moved from that position to be the king of Spain. Um, and the whole time he was the king of Spain from 1808 to 1813, he had all kinds of problems because, like, the, the public just didn't accept him. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, so he had all, all kinds of like, you know, like, uh, attacks on, on his troops and stuff. Like there was like guerrilla warfare that he had to deal with, you know? And, um, yeah, he, he had problems the entire time he was there. So, you know, it, it wasn't a, a great deal for him, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not that like competitive of a person. So if I would have done good in Naples, I would have just stayed there if I had the option, but your brother is Napoleon. So you kind of have to do what he tells you to do. <laughs> you know, even though he's uh, your your younger brother, you know, which must have, you know that 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 must have sucked for him, right? He was the oldest brother, <laughs> but his uh, his his younger brother Napoleon, like just completely, like you know, like like was so much more so much more successful in like he just, I mean, obviously he rose to great heights and great lows as well, you know, throughout his career, but. You know, it's uh, a <laughs> like hey, uh, he, hey. must, he was obviously overshadowed. Uh, at least what? he didn't end up on an island what? somewhere being poisoned. Yeah. That's all well, I'm going to say. And usually... Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't die of stomach cancer, you know? Usually the eldest sibling is like an A-type personality and spends their childhood giving noogies to the younger siblings. <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah. that might be what Holding happened him, to Napoleon, hold, hold. right? He's like, I'm sick of these damn noogies. I'm going to get this son of a bitch. <laughs> At some point, he just exploded in a, in a, in a um, you know, a, a, a whole bunch of effort, you know, because of what he had been put through. His brother probably held him down and farted in his face. I mean, that's what I would do. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I didn't because I was uh, the youngest of five. But and, and that happened to me usually. Anyways, uh, so so uh, when he was the king of Spain, basically, uh, you know, um, there was uh, this thing called the Peninsula War, where um, there, there there was a coalition of um, Portuguese. Um, uh, English and uh, was it Spanish? I think also or something like that. That, that uh, you know basically attacked him, and um, he he you know relinquished re relinquished. Sorry, that's a difficult one for me now. Right here, yeah, he gave up the uh, the the throne and he went to exile basically. You know, and now especially after because that was after uh, Napoleon had lost the the war at Waterloo, so like like he didn't have too much. Uh, too much power anymore. You know yeah, but mean? he certainly had a so, lot of so money. I, <laughs> he went into exile, but oh, he did it with yeah, he style. Did. <laughs> yep. Oh hell yeah, he did. So he settled after that in um uh Bordentown, New Jersey, and built uh just an amazing estate that like overlooked the uh, Delaware Delaware uh, River. Like it, it was a thing of of beauty, from what I understand. Um, I saw some like drawing depictions depictions of it and stuff, and um, it, it seemed pretty pretty damn fancy, indeed. You know, and and he held all all kinds of different guests, from like John Adams to, I mean, any any prominent figure of the day, really. I mean, this guy was a former king of freaking Spain. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he was in exile in the United States. You know, and and um. 
So he would go on all sorts of different like hunting trips and stuff and, uh, you know, travel the lands and such and stop at uh, different taverns and stuff. And I, actually, there was a tavern um, at uh, Cedar Ridge, the, the Cedar Ridge Tavern in um, Barnegat, New Jersey. I think that's how that – I don't know. How, I, I may be pronouncing that uh, incorrectly. But uh, they found some of his coins that were minted during his reign in Spain at that site. So they believe that like that's – Proof that, like, you know, well, I mean, obviously, the the state that he built is the the proof. Like, the, there's no, you know, arguing whether he was there or not. But like, uh, um, that that tavern was actually pretty close to the area that he claimed to have uh, actually witnessed the Jersey Devil. So there's a couple different tellings of the story. Some of them are more elaborate than others. Um, the main one is pretty simple. Um, he was basically he's basically. Uh, you know, hunting around his lands and he came across, you know, this creature that was nothing like anything he had ever seen. And, um, you know, uh, it like just like, you know, came across, landed and flew away, you know, and that was the first story that I saw, but, um, there are actually more in depth stories. Um, so it says one story, one, uh, it was like snowy outside and stuff. And it was in the afternoon. Um, and it appears this was in 1820 uh, when this happened. And I've seen a couple different dates and stuff, but I really can't decide which one I think is the best one, to be honest. But it looked like it happened early in 1820. And um, Joseph Bonaparte was, you know, around his area, you know, his, his lands, and he was uh, hunting, which he was known to do. He, he was a, a very uh, uh, active hunter. And um, he uh, w was, uh, um, hold on, sorry, dude, I lost, hey, edit. <laughs> and it, sorry for the people there who are listening. Sorry, lost your spot. Right, like, I, I lost my my. I lost, no, I, I was I was moving from different like from two two different pages, and I lost my spot in my uh, my notes here. Um, okay, so all right, let me start over again here, or, or uh, continue, whatever. So it was a snowy a snowy afternoon <laughs> around his <laughs> land, and he was traveling alone <laughs> in the uh, snorry. Did I say snorry? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Damn it all! <laughs> Sometimes it okay, is a snowy so, afternoon. It happens. <laughs> you know, th yeah, that happens to me all the time. Um, so it was a snowy afternoon, and uh, uh, this guy was hunting around his lands in the woods. Uh, and it wasn't too far away from his house, and he spotted some like strange uh, tracks on the grounds uh, on the grounds and stuff. And there were tracks that didn't look familiar to him, even though he wasn't like a you know a, a, a super expert, but he was pretty damn good at what he knew, like you know what was in the area. He, he had been hunting there for a while already. Um, he said it, it looked like a two-footed donkey print, which uh, I don't know quite what that means. Like I, I can see that I, I could kind of visualize the the hoofs of a donkey. So I mean, would that be like like two donkey feet connected together? Like in you see like 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 uh, two hoofs, but like four like like prints. You know what I mean? You know how a hoof is is uh, designed. It usually has you know a separation in the middle and the front, and and kind of two point points that come out, right? Yeah. Um. I, it, it, but anyways, anyways, he he saw those uh, those tracks, and then um, he no he like heard he heard a noise like above him, and um, he saw like something come down and land like like pretty close to him, and um, uh, first of all like the tracks when he stopped I'm sorry I I kind of skipped over that part um, when he when he stopped because uh, he was following these tracks, and um, he stopped when the tracks stopped. And like he said, it, it looked like, like, you know, he followed it for a little bit of ways, you know, a couple hundred feet and, um, it just stopped and like went away. 
and he, he he described them as being you know recently fresh tracks. They weren't brand new, but they weren't old. They were very uh, discernible. You could see them in the snow just fine. And it looked like the the whatever was leaving these tracks basically just jumped up and flew away, and which I think is a very a pretty important uh ex, you know part of uh, his explanation, you know. Um, so uh, at any rate, the um the thing you know he heard something above him and it, it actually came over him and landed close to him, and uh, he says that he was very frightened. It was ast- astonished. And um, it looked like a, a horse-like, like the head was like a horse-like head, and it had a bird, bird-like legs, and um, it had wings, of course, you know. And uh, he said it froze in place and was just, you know, he didn't know what to do. He even forgot that he had a rifle on him, I guess, you know. And um, so for a moment, you know, I guess neither neither one of them moved. And like uh, then the thing started hissing at him, you know. And um, like you know, he—I guess he must have reacted or something like that. He said it, it's, it, it beat its wings a couple times and then flew away, and that was kind of pretty much the the, the you know the extent of the uh, the interaction. But uh, I find it pretty funny though because like like uh, like what was that thing doing? Like it just like it just like you know I guess it had seen him and then landed next to him. Maybe it was like saying like hey this is my land or this is my territory not yours or something. Maybe it's something like a territorial pissing or something. But the the he, he wasn't attacked by it. It just like beat its wings a couple times, kind of made a display, and like th- then took off. You know, like just to let you know, <laughs> I guess you know. Hey Joe, just to let you know. I'm a badass motherfucker in this area, and this is my area, you know. So I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know quite. I don't know quite what to think about that story, but I do kind of tend to believe a, a little bit. Maybe I'm being naive, but uh, when the guy told the story to other people, uh, for the most part, it seems like people pretty much believed him. And, and like I said before, the guy was an extremely uh, well-known individual and he had a lot of respect, you know, um, he had accomplished uh, quite a few things in his life and he was also, you know, obviously very rich. So maybe that's why people believe him. They're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cool story, Joe. <laughs> Give me some money <laughs> or, or some, I have this business venture you might be interested yeah. in. Well, it'd be like, they're going to pretend to believe him, whether or not they believe him. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah. uh, who knows which way that might've gone, but it seems like most people did believe him. And um, for his reputation that he had, as well-respected as he was, I don't know why you'd risk that with some outlandish tale like this, unless it was something that you think you really did experience. I mean, you know, and that's my opinion of the story, to be quite honest. Like, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say it was for for real, like definitely happened, but I lean towards it must have been some kind of experience that he thought was real because he did have quite a bit of a reputation to uh, risk there. And he didn't, some, somebody like that, when you when you reach those kind of lofty heights, you know, um, that's something that you can't, you, you don't want to be seen as a fool ever. Right. Yeah. You got like a reputation but then again, being the older brother. Yeah. Your reputation. But then again, being the older brother of uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and, uh, you know, having your younger brother, you know, eclipse you in accomplishments and stuff. And maybe he just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe he just didn't care. Yeah. Who but knows? I, like I said, that, that was one of the stories. Yeah, yeah. That that was one of the stories I I found the most interesting just because it involved a very prominent historical character that I was already aware of. You know, I was like, oh, I know who that is. Like, obviously, I know a lot more about who his brother is. But yeah, I, I recognize that name right away. You know, and this motherfucker had a uh, an encounter with a Jersey Devil. Well, I got to read into this. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and it's really interesting to me that there's a couple of historical figures we've talked about. It'd be like if, you know, George Washington saw a Bigfoot or something and reported that. You're like, who who now? George Washington? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, if he saw it. No, no, it was George Washington's brother. Oh, yeah, his brother. Right, right. Well, you know what I mean, though. It's (laughs) It's just really interesting that there's some people involved with this story that are, you know, pretty important historical figures. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's probably yeah. the you know the highest ranking particular historical figure that actually saw the thing. But I do have a bunch oh, of be. I do have a bunch of accounts of you know I I didn't go into that much depth in any of them because there's just so many of them. But for example, there's one uh, a to, uh, Tom Brown Jr. who lived in the area in the the Pine Barrens. He was a piney. I guess he liked to go and rough it out there in the woods or whatever. And he put mud on himself to protect himself from mosquitoes. And he says that several (sighs) hikers reported him as the Jersey devil, because as everybody knows, if you cover yourself in mud, you look exactly like a dog with a horse face and wings. (laughs) And you can also protect yourself against the, uh, the predator, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? Yeah. 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 I wonder if you can yell at, you can yell at the Jersey devil, come for me. I'm here. Get me, kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I wonder, sorry. That's just totally like anytime I hear anybody covering themselves in mud, I immediately think of that scene. (laughs) Do it. Do it now. (laughs) I wonder if, um, now, I wonder if he actually chased down these hikers, like hissing and you know, screeching at them because, you know, that <laughs> that would be hilarious. That'd be, that'd be fun. In fact, if I ever go to New Jersey, I'm going to make a point to cover myself in mud, hang out in the Pine Barrens until I see a hiker and then screech at them. <laughs> you should just, shot. You should just, I mean, I think a more effective thing to do, like, uh, would be like cover yourself in mud. I mean, you got to be naked, obviously. Yeah. Stand at the side of the road and just do the whirly bird, like uh, with your hands, with, the, with your hands in the air, just like making all sorts of whatever kind of noises you want, like, whatever, whatever noise you think the Jersey devil does, you know, whether it be, <laughs> I don't even know whatever, you know, noise they might make. That's my favorite, but yeah, <laughs> just sit there doing that. Yeah. That I'm sure that would what definitely if, end up in the news. <laughs> <laughs> what if like the noises like the, 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 uh, the Jersey devil makes aren't even like intimidating at all. What if they're like, you remember that movie, uh, Kung Pao under the fist, you oh, remember, yeah. like the love interest of like the, uh, the, the martial artist fighter there, the, uh, the, the guy, the hero of the movie, you yeah. know how she was, she sounded just like Miss Piggy, right? I think it was, it might've been the same voice actor. I don't know, but it was very <laughs> similar. And she would go like, wee, wee, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. like the, the Jersey devil actually sounds like that. Like you hear this, like, wee, wee, <laughs> <You're> like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you see this big old giant buff, like, you know, like, you know, like horse ho- or horse faced freaking winged, like demonic creature, you know, and then like, it has like lightning striking behind it. Wind is like, you know, starting to kick up and stuff, you know, like it's very dramatic. And then like, it goes, wee, wee. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be so anticlimactic? Like, I wouldn't even know if I like, I'd be like, all right, I'm, th- I'm thinking about shitting my pants, but I really don't want to now. Yeah, <laughs> now, right? now, now that I've heard you, <laughs> that could be cool. I don't know. Maybe not though. What if it's actually <laughs> like, you still might die. <laughs> what if it's like some really weird genetic experiment and it has so many different species that are crossed that it's just totally confused about what it's supposed to mate with. And that's actually its mating call. <laughs> and it just keeps going around to everything. Going, wee, wee, wee. Like it, it doesn't know. It's confused. It has no idea. 
<laughs> and I wonder if it's male or female, because like that might depend on whether I might like you know come to that call. You know, if I knew if it was uh, female, <laughs> and I was like, hey, well, well, hey, man, I like anime. You know, the, yeah, that, that influences my porn um, decisions throughout my life, so that might be cool. Well, the you know, siren call, the siren call not. of the Jersey Devil. Wow, this podcast. Hey, as long this as it's not like, got weird. As long as it's not like, well, as long as it's not like a female pre, uh, pre mantis where like I die after, like a black widow or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, as long as that doesn't happen, like I, I you know, I can tell the story after whether I enjoyed it or not. You know, yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, right? This that sounds like something that's already happened. You're like the Captain Kirk of this show, man. You'll give it a shot. You don't care. You're like, hey, you know what? I don't care. It's, I just, I'll, I'll try it out. See how it goes. You know. Dude, <laughs> go where no up, man Scotty. has gone before. <laughs> I think this is Agent I've, ETA's I've, way of telling us that this yeah. has happened. Oh, okay. He has met the Jersey Devil and has firsthand experience. Hey, am I taking a trip over to the East Coast over there? Sucked it up like a sponge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how they sound in New Jersey, I'm sure. <laughs> Nailed the yeah. accent 100%. <laughs> All right. I'm so good at accents. <laughs> let's let's get to some more of these uh, <laughs> some more of these sightings. I don't know if we'll be able to get to all of them at this point, but all right. So I found one. Uh, this is on Wikipedia from a newspaper in 1887, and I just sort of liked the description of this one because it's given as like an actual account of a sighting. But it's so it says. Whenever he went near it, it would give a most unearthly yell that frightened the dogs. It whipped at every dog on the place. That thing, said the colonel, is not a bird nor an animal, but it is the Leeds devil, according to the description, and it was born over in Evansham, Burlington County, a hundred years ago. There's no mistake about it. I never saw the horrible critter myself. At this point, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So you never saw it? What is this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is this even here? He never even saw it himself. I never saw the horrible creature myself, but I can remember well when it was roaming around in Evansham Woods 50 years ago and when it was hunted by men and dogs and shot at by the best marksmen there were in all of South Jersey. And again, I'm thinking, how many marksmen were there in South Jersey at that time? You know, like 10? I don't know. There's probably some good hunters in the area. I could, guarantee you that. Couldn't have been, uh, maybe, uh, that's true. Everybody hunted back then, so maybe there were some good marksmen. I take that back. I just thought it, it seemed strange, but I, I guess I was wrong about that. Anyways, but could not be killed. There isn't a family in Burlington or any of the adjoining counties that does not know of the Leeds Devil. And it was the bugaboo to frighten children with when I was a boy. So the thing that I found most interesting about this is that it, it sort of, it puts in the history that this has been part of the local culture for a long time. And he talks about there how it was used as he calls it a bugaboo, but I guess we would say a, bo- a boogeyman nowadays to frighten children with. So it's just sort of a really interesting account, but at the same time, it's not just a make-believe boogeyman. He's talking about it as if it's real. So I just thought it was a really interesting little excerpt there, but there are a couple of other really interesting stories like one from the early 19th century, uh, I didn't get I didn't get the exact date, but there was apparently a commodore named Stephen de Couture was testing cannonballs on the range, as you do, I suppose, back then. 
Hey, they didn't they didn't have Netflix. So what's a retired naval commander to do or commodore <laughs> to do on his free time is uh I guess you go out on the range and shoot off some cannonballs. It's just what you do on, you know. Yeah. He saw a creature flying around and whatnot, and he shot a cannonball at it and hit it dead on. <laughs> and uh, even though it was a direct hit, there was no effect. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And I was thinking, I was thinking, um, so a lot of reports, I don't think we gave a size, but a lot of reports say this thing is something on the order of like three feet or four feet. The biggest, absolutely largest reports are like man size. So, you, you know five feet or something or six feet, something like that. So we're not talking about, you know, something very large. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, mm, I don't know, these cannons, a, the way a cannon fires, like, I don't know, it'd be that easy to hit something flying around. Or just think if you saw like a goat on the far side of a field, you can really hit that with a cannonball. I don't know, man. I, I don't, so maybe he shot a cannonball at, you know, like a bird <laughs> and he, he was, maybe he was like really drunk or something because <laughs> hey, he's from the Navy. I mean, if, uh, if you're involved in anything on, on a ship in the 1800s or even before then they were partial to alcohol from what I understand. And, uh, yeah, they, yeah. So he's, he's probably out there on the range having a good old time getting, getting, tossing some drinks back, shooting off the cannons. And he's like, oh, I said, Jersey devil. I'm going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> By the way, one of my favorite mixed drinks is called a gimlet. It's kind of like a Tom Collins, but with lime juice. It's gin, lime juice, and sugar, or a simple syrup. It's easy to make and delicious. Uh, people in the Navy or people on ships used to drink it to, to ward off scurvy. And I guess it's really oh. hard to get sailors to drink, you know, lime juice so they would mix it with alcohol because they'll drink anything if you mix it with alcohol, apparently. Oh, uh, what does that you say, matey? It's got alcohol in it? Well, let, it, let me put it down in my glut. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that was that little story. I think um, some one of you, I think Agent ETA mentioned that there was a bunch of animal killings in the 1840s. And Don't you put words in my mouth now. Didn't I thought, I thought oh, somebody mentioned oh, that. Yeah, no, maybe I did. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you guys mentioned that one. So the, I guess the one I'll talk about, um, because we're getting on an hour here and I like to keep it somewhere in the ballpark of an hour if possible so that I can edit this before, <laughs> before Thursday. The last uh, sighting I'll talk about is actually in 1909, there was a flap of sightings and we had a bunch of people, tons of independent witnesses. The 1909 flap started uh, January 16th, 1909. A guy named Thack Cousins, which is, that's just a wonderful name right there. Oh, I love it. Thack, T-H-A-C-K-C-O-Z-Z-E-N-S. I love it, man. Thack Cousins I don't even know what that Woodbury. means. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. That's crazy stuff right there. So Thack Cousins of Woodbury saw a flying creature with red eyes. And a bunch of other people saw it that same day, which I'll skip over those, but... We'll get to uh, a guy that day, an officer, James Sackville, which is another, not, it's not as good as Thack Cousins, but you know, James Sackville, that's a respectable name right there. (laughs) He shot, shot, what happened to all these names? I'm sure these people had kids. I've never met anybody named Sackville or Cousins. Where are, where all are all the descendants of these people? 
That's what I want to know. But (laughs) 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 so Officer James Sackville shot at the creature, but it flew away screaming, apparently unfazed by the gunshots. And uh, on the next day, so this was on Sunday, I think I said Sunday, on Monday, a bunch of more people saw stuff and uh, people in Bristol found strange hoof prints in the snow and they would see hoof prints that would like lead to the middle of a field or a road and then just kind of disappear as if whatever was leaving them vanished or perhaps flew up, you know, take your pick. One family found hoof prints around the trash in their yard and the trash was partially eaten. And I like that description because, you know, we take for granted our trash services. I suppose back then, if you had trash, you just kind of tossed it in your yard. And then what happens? I don't know. You just leave it in your yard and hope the bears eat it. I have no idea. A lot of the yards in Burlington actually had these hoof prints and they went, some went from roof, rooftop to rooftop, you know, jumping from house to house and others apparently even went up trees. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like up the trees. Wow, that, okay. Okay. So I guess, I guess the Jersey devil doesn't uh, obey the law of physics. Doesn't have to worry about uh, gravity. So on Tuesday, let's get to the next day on Tuesday, Mr. And Mrs. Nelson Evans of Gloucester were awakened by a strange noise. They looked out of their window and observed the Jersey devil for 10 minutes. It was three and a half feet tall, had a head like a dog and a face like a horse. It had a long neck and wings two feet long Its back legs looked like those of a crane, and it had hooves. It walked on its back legs, and its front legs were short and had paws. He opened the window. (laughs) This is my favorite part of this. Oh, man, I love this stuff. He opened the window and said, shoo. (laughs) (laughs) Shoo, you devil Christian now. You shoo. You you get. You get. The creature looked at him and (laughs) flew away. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, okay, then. It wasn't, it wasn't hurt nothing. It was just kind of, it was just looking for scraps or whatever. Just, you know, maybe it wanted yeah. a friend. It was lonely. It just, it's, yeah. it was it's just uh, loitering around a little bit. It's know? a poor, ugly little thing. Doesn't have any friends. It just, yeah, it's wanted a friend, man. Says, what if, get, shoot. What if, what if that is what the, the, the Jersey devil is just trying to find a friend? Like he's this ugly, like decrepit piece of shit looking demon creature, but he's just like, he's not trying to, the only way he can communicate with people is like hissing at him and like yelling at them and stuff and like that's like but that's his way of like saying what's up bro you know like yeah. <laughs> hey how you doing you know yeah but he just doesn't realize that like these people think like oh god i'm gonna get ripped to shreds you know like like maybe maybe it's like one of those things where like when some people interact with others like like a very large individual individual um they don't know their strength you know what i mean maybe he just like as far as his presence he doesn't know his strength yeah. he's just trying to find friends He's just trying to, to to find somebody to work out with, you know, on leg day or something, you know, or, you know, because yeah. it sounds like he does actually put a, 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 a quite a bit into leg day. As, as, so, you know. It's <laughs> well, almost it like the Mothman's ass. Like it's impressive in, in that way, you know? It depends. It depends on, on the description. Some, some of them said he had very small legs. Some of them he had very big legs, but yeah, actually we'll get to that in a bit, but this creature may have some similarities with the Mothman, but on to the to the flap of 1909 on the 19th and 20th there were even more sightings for example on the 20th it was seen by the blackhawk social club and a trolley full of people in clementon witnesses witness descriptions matched what previous witnesses had seen and by this time by the 20th it'd become a full-blown panic 
Trolley drivers started arming themselves. People sought refuge in churches. Um, Farmers in the Delaware Valley found that their chickens were dead with no apparent wounds. And uh, people stopped going to work and they shuttered themselves up in their houses. People were really kind of freaked out about this thing. On that night of the 20th, Mrs. Sabrinsky in Camden heard a noise in her backyard. She went out to look and found that the Jersey Devil had her dog in its grasp. She did what any good dog owner would do and uh, beat the devil with her broom. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You get, you let go of my dog, yeah. you devil, you get. That's my dog, <laughs> you motherfucker. And so it dropped the dog and flew off into the night. <laughs> what a hero. She as, saved her doggy. As Hell you yeah. do when a woman is beating you with a broom and you are a flying cryptid. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me, that reminds me actually of a, a, a video I watched recently. The, I think it's been around for a little bit, but it was this, uh, this older lady. I, um, ah, she wasn't very old. Like she, I think she maybe was in like her mid fifties or something like that. And, uh, she had like, like, f- like three or four dogs outside of her house. And she had like a, uh, you know, a security camera, like recording the whole damn thing. A uh, bear walked up. Like, I think she was in Oregon or Washington something like that and um a bear walk, walked up on the top of the wall like the dogs start barking at it and like yiping at it and stuff like that like oh you're in my my territory right and like uh she heard it ran outside and straight up like socked the fucking bear in the face nice like, get out of here get away from my dog like get away from my dogs she she just reacted like that's the most like xena warrior princess like thing i've ever seen <laughs> like this woman was all about it dude like she was just like, oh, that's a bear. Let me sock it in the face. Boom! Like <laughs> get away from my dogs, foo! I was like, damn, that's a, that, that, holy crap! That's I was impressive. very impressed. Yeah, like she didn't. Like she didn't. She didn't even think about it. Like she just did it. Like like the bear was like, oh shit! Right, I'm gonna get away then. Like all right, I'm that out. That is like, <laughs> dang. That's a that's some yeah, bravery it was, it was right a, there. It's a, it's it's a pretty cool uh, video, but like obviously, yeah. She could she have gotten mauled by that bear? Yeah, obviously, but. Luckily for her, she didn't neither. Like none of her dogs did either, you know, like, but they were like jumping up, like trying to bite the, the bear too, though. But yeah. those dogs are just like, some, sometimes dogs are just going to react, right? They're just trying to protect their surroundings. Like they see this thing that's a, a threat, right? And they're well, just going to try to protect. Especially they, they their home. They don't think that they're like, you know, yeah, especially their home, but they're like one tenth the size of this, this creature, but they still attack, you know, like some dogs just like they're, they're just going to, you know, like they're just they're going to react, but yeah, luckily it worked out well for this woman. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, one of the most like like the one of those like like badass moments I've seen like somebody protecting their their uh, homestead from uh, a wild creature or something. You know? Yeah, but yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, to to inter- interrupt there, but like, yeah, that was just they reminded me of that video, and that's such a badass video. If anybody hasn't seen it, I think you just need to. You could probably type in a couple key key words there on on uh, on YouTube, and you probably find it real quick. Woman, woman punches bear, bear maybe or something or defends dogs dogs yeah probably woman woman punches bear woman defends bear uh dogs from bear or something like that and i, I like it'll be one of the first videos you you pull up i guarantee you yeah that's like on a side man. yard you know next to her house but she probably saved her dogs too because that yeah. bear would have eaten those dogs but all right let's get back to the show so that was that was a uh, like the highlights of the 1909 flap but there i mean there's a lot more to it but I didn't want to go too much in depth. That's just sort of like the short version. Next up. So more modern sightings. I found a couple of very modern sightings. For example, a people.com article by Alex Heigl titled Another October, Another New Jersey Devil Sighting. 
And it's sort of interesting because the article has a photo, which definitely does not look like it's been Photoshopped. (laughs) It looks like, it kind of looks like a goat with wings or something. Like just like a, kind of like a blurry goat with wings. And um, the, above the picture, it has a quote says that says, I swear it's not Photoshopped or a staged thing, which, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like if you go to a a car dealership and the car dealership is named the honest car dealership, you probably should just leave, you know, go buy your car somewhere else. You know what I mean? (laughs) So the, the guy who took the photo for this particular article was Dave Black of I love the name of this town of Little Egg Harbor Township. <laughs> like oh, Little Egg sounds, Harbor. That sounds very, very quaint. I don't know if I'd want to live there, but I would definitely want to visit, you know? It's, a, it's such a cool name. Hey, it might, that might be a, an awesome place. Like I, I prefer, like, like, it sounds to me like a small town. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I very much prefer small towns over big towns, you know, or yeah. cities. You know, so like that. he was out driving past the golf course uh, in Galloway on Route 9, and he saw what appeared to be a llama. It spread out its wings and flew off over the golf course. <laughs> and, and, he, and he took the picture of it. And you can find this picture uh, under the article. Just search for the article and I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> so that's his story. And that's it. And, you know, no attacks, no nothing. That's just his story. Very short. I found on <laughs> foxnews.com uh, from January 20th, 2021 by Yale Hallen. Man claims to have been attacked by legendary Jersey Devil. There was a hand coming through the window is the name of the uh, the title. And in case I said the name of the author wrong, it's Y-A-E-L, last name H-A-L-O-N, in case you guys want to find this one for yourself. These are both like pretty short articles. Anyways, so this, I guess this was also covered on an episode of Monsters Across America, which is a show that I have not seen, but it sounds like it'd be pretty fun to watch. So maybe I'll look it up at some point. But anyways, a guy named Michael Orff was, when he was a high school student at South Jersey High, he was driving down an unpaved road in the Pine Barrens with a date named Violet. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, for modesty's sake, he's they've changed the names of these people here because... <laughs> well, Violet sounds like a character that might have been paid money to be along on this trip. Yeah, there's there's any number of interpretations and we'll just <laughs> leave that to the imaginations of the, you know, the viewers or the <laughs> listeners. He sensed that, so they, I guess the car was parked and he sensed that there was something out there so he rolled down the window. Now, this is where I start to, my, my spidey senses start to tingle because if I sense there's something out there, I don't roll down the window. I just leave, you know, if I had hypothetically parked in the middle of the woods somewhere and I sense something Mm -hmm. out there. But anyways, they heard a rustling outside and something put its hand through the open window. The hand was large and had sharp claws. He rolled up the window, trapping the creature's arm. (laughs) Blood spurted from the creature's arm (laughs) all over the car's occupants and got all over their faces and stuff. What kind of window was this? What I know, like, right? Was, was, was it electric or manual crank? Because if it was electric, that must have been a pretty damn powerful motor. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, who who knows? So he rolled up the window. Uh, oh, yeah. So Violet started screaming because, you know, she had creature blood all over her face. And uh, the creature pulled its arm out of the window, jumped on the hood of the car just as he started to drive off. And it shattered the windshield by punching it or whatever. And then he tumbled off the car as he drove away and they were able to escape this monstrous creature. 
Now it's a wow. it's a fun story, but to me it reads like something out of like like a B movie script or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, how hard well, it sounds you like something to, out, of, out of like suburban Sasquatch. Yeah, you know, you know how hard you have to roll up a window to make somebody's arm bleed or some creature's arm bleed. You know? Yeah, like uh, I don't know, dude. And they just said they saw an arm. They didn't see a whole Jersey Devil. I mean, that was probably just like a hobo who hadn't trimmed his nails in a long time or something. You know what? Because he couldn't afford a nail clipper. I mean, it, <laughs> he's just probably asking for like, "Can I have a hamburger or something?" And then they're like, "Ah, Jersey yeah. Devil!" And they yeah, just he, chop off his arm. That's not cool. He, he could have had some very like you know like some long sleeves on, very heavily stained. You know, from uh, whatever that person has went, been through. You know, and um. Maybe they, you know, reach in with their right hand there, which is the hand that they probably wipe with without any paper or nothing like that, you know, so it makes their arm sleeves even more that discolored. So, you know, you might think that, oh, it's a monster, right? But like, not the Jersey Devil. I don't yeah. Know, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's a little far-fetched. But that would be like, it's still, like the story in itself would still be kind of like a, I don't know, it, it'd definitely be a, a strenuous event to go through, right? Yeah. Even if, yeah, maybe it was just somebody trying to rob them or something and it was just, they just freaked out and who knows. But there's actually a lot of modern sightings that you can look up. Um, some of them are more believable than others, <laughs> but there's, there's still a ton of them. So people are still seeing this thing, whatever it is. And there are also yeah. photographs online and uh, they look totally legit. Most of them. <laughs> um, well, there, there was one that I saw that actually did look like an actual genuine photograph. And I found this in an article on businessinsider.com of all places, which is a strange place to see an article about a cryptid, but there it was. And it shows this really weird looking creature on a fence and you can see it right there. It looks like this really weird creature. It didn't have any wings or anything, but it definitely looked like, you know, like nothing I could recognize. I was like, Hmm, that doesn't look Mm -hmm. like a normal thing. But it turns out it was identified as a picture of a fox squirrel that, for whatever reason, didn't have any hair. So they normally have hair, but this guy maybe had mange. Maybe he had some sort of birth defect and he was just born without hair. But for whatever reason, it didn't have any mm-hmm. hair and it looked really weird. It's just a squirrel well, with, without it hair. Could have been a, <laughs> it could have been a combination of things also. You yeah. know, it but doesn't always tiny. have to be one thing. Squirrels are tiny. Uh, this, in the picture, this squirrel looked fairly large. I mean, I don't mean like large, large, but it looked bigger than your average squirrel. Not three feet. Uh, maybe not three feet, but if you saw this no. thing for a split second and it surprised you, then, you know, you might interpret this as being something abnormal because it did not look normal. You might freak out if you saw this thing. You know what doesn't look normal? What? Baby birds. That is also like, true. Very creepy. I was working at this uh, restaurant <laughs> and they sent me out to the parking lot to sweep up. And I was I was young. I was like 15 at the time. So I'm going around and there's, you know, napkins and paper cups and whatever. And I come across this baby bird and it is not moving. It is not alive. It's like 120 degrees out or something. Oh, so. poor bird. And like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like... Do I clean it up? Do I touch it? Like, I wasn't sure what to do. <laughs> so I just swept it inside my little, you know, container there. And then I threw it away and I felt so guilty. <laughs> That's a sad story. It is a sad yeah, I mean, story. When it's, a, They're when it's creepy, that hot though. outside, it's like, it's, it's not like you can save it once. I mean, it, it seems like that bird was already dead. 
Yeah. Oh, but it looks so weird. They do look pretty weird sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And baby birds. All right. So those, I mean, like I said, there's a ton of different sightings, but I didn't want to, I mean, they're very similar. A lot of similarities. I didn't want to go too much into all of them. I wanted to talk, you know, more broad look. But for me, when you have so many, especially with the 1909 sightings, you have physical evidence that's, you know, multiple independent witnesses reporting that they're all seeing tracks in like different towns and everything. And it was like a genuine panic. And it's hard for me to believe that it was all caused by nothing. Then again, the description of the creature is just so outlandish. It's hard to imagine how such a creature would come about through natural evolutionary means, you know, if it was <laughs> some sort of, you know, regular. And keep in mind that cryptids have, there There are a handful of cryptids that did turn out to be real. For example, I read that the panda bear in China was at one point considered by Westerners to be a cryptid because, you know, people would go there and report Oh, we saw this creature. It looks totally looks like a big giant fluffy teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> they do too. <laughs> yeah, they do. They look so well, cute and fluffy. And then people at one point, at people one point, at home, gorillas. Yeah, gorillas yeah, pe- also had that status. People at, at home would be like, Europeans. "This, you're you have to be making this up." There's teddy bears are not real. They're just teddy bears. You know, they they're not living and eating bamboo or whatever in China. You're come on, <laughs> we don't believe you. But it turned out to be real. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there there have been a handful of creatures throughout the years that did turn out to be real, that were at one point considered what you might today nowadays might call a cryptid. So that makes this story really interesting, particularly the 1909 flap, but also. Because there was physical evidence, I wonder if a group of people, like maybe a liar's club or something, hoaxed that. Uh, I don't think one person could do it, but what if you had several people who made some kind of weird-looking footprint and went around to all these different towns in the middle of the night and leaving these footprints everywhere as sort of like a joke or a gag, or even to try to get people to come to their uh, penny or dime museum or whatever it was. Some kind of like a, some kind of like a crop circle. Yeah. But it's well, well, we'll oh, we'll get to the crop circles, man. We got to do a whole episode on those. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, we do. Yes, that is a good topic right there. But yeah, it's we haven't done that yet. With with all the historical accounts that seem genuine, it's hard to believe that this was nothing. That it was all just made up, or it was explainable completely by mass hysteria. It's just a really, really fun and interesting case. But let's get into some of the possible explanations. So one theory I read suggested that it could be. A tulpa. Now, I don't know if you guys know what a tulpa is. You guys, you guys ever heard of that? No, I, I do not. Okay, so a tulpa, which we could do. I don't know if we could do a whole episode on it, but it's sort of like a cryptid, but it's sort of like an imaginary, sort of like an imaginary friend that people create that they sort of manifest this tulpa that could be literally anything you want. Oh. So, um, well, I'm gonna probably about to edit out whatever ETA is about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but go for but it, ETA. Let's let's say I wanted to manifest a Bigfoot right now. Now I haven't done a ton of reading on them, so <laughs> I don't know if I manifest. Did a you Bigfoot. see that? Wait, did you see that? How that happened? He like shut me down before I was <laughs> even able to even get anything off. <laughs> All you right, what, you go know, ahead. You go ahead. Good ETA. show. Go well, well, ahead. well met, sir. <laughs> no, well go met. Ahead. Go ahead. What, what would your no, tulpa be? Saying, what? what would your tulpa? No, I was going to explain what they were before you said what yours would be because you said you didn't know what they were. So let's say hypothetically, oh, yeah. if I manifested a tulpa in this room, let's say I wanted it to be a Bigfoot, it would be a Bigfoot. So for me, I guess what some people will actually 
see a tulpa there. They'll actually see the Bigfoot, but I don't know oh. if other people can see the manifestation or if it's just something that you see that you mine, manifest for yourself. Mine would be Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z. All right. I, I don't know who that is, but... Majin Buu. I, I'm sure some best, people do. Best best villain ever. Okay. Yeah, I have, actually, that's that's the one anime I never got around to watching that somehow I didn't watch, but I, I want to watch it eventually. I saw Naruto. It takes a lot of patience. I saw Naruto, and I heard they're very similar <laughs> in a lot of ways. It takes a lot of patience. A lot of things are very drawn out. Yeah. Well, when I did <laughs> very, watch very drawn out. When I did watch Naruto, the only way I got through it was by using a filler guide to skipping. I don't know, probably at least half the episodes where nothing happens. Otherwise, there's no yeah. way I could have watched it all. But yep. all right, so that's I, one I, one explanation is the tulpa that you know somebody. Uh, I think I saw that on um, Above Top Secret. Somebody made a thread suggesting that 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 could be it. But uh, one uh, one more likely scenario would be that it could be some kind of giant bat, because a lot of people describe bat wings. So if they saw a giant bat, uh, and the largest giant bat has a wingspan of up to five point six feet, five point six feet, guys. Really? If you saw a bat with a wingspan that big, it's a big freaking bat, you might just crap yourself and think that you saw the Jersey Devil because you wouldn't know what that thing was. And so there are no bats that big in New, New Jersey's where, as as far as I'm aware of, they might have some little fruit bats. Those little tiny guys that are like flying mice. That's the only bat I've ever seen is the little yeah. fruit bats. I've actually seen them around here sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I imagine they have stuff like that near, in New Jersey. People probably seen them on occasion. But if you saw a giant bat with like a 5.6 foot wingspan, you would not, you would not uh, interpret that as being a bat, especially if you saw it like at nighttime. Even if you saw it landed in the field at the daytime, you know, heck, why not? You would see that thing and it would be way too big to be a bat. So you would just think, you know, it must be something else. Maybe it's the Jersey mm-hmm. devil. And you might say, well, there are no bats that that big in New Jersey. But what if there was some sort of somebody had one as like an exotic pet or maybe it escaped from a zoo? You know, there. I mean, there are possible ways that a bat that big could have ended up in New Jersey. Maybe it hitched a ride on a boat from. I, it could have escaped from like an experimental government site. Or yeah, something. yeah. There's any number you know, of explanations, which, yeah, although they seem unlikely, they're still not completely impossible. So, therefore, in my opinion, they're worth consideration, even though they're very unlikely. Uh, mm-hmm. There was an abandoned zoo in the area called Jungle Habitat that was apparently uh, just abandoned, and they let some of their animals loose at some point. And I don't know exactly what year that was, but that could account for maybe some of the sightings, maybe some of the more modern sightings. Um, one explanation I saw said that it could be a surviving pterodactyl. Like, all right, hey, why not? <laughs> why not? You know, all right, but, <laughs> sure. And uh, <laughs> cool, another cool story, bro. Yeah, <laughs> could could also have been the Loch Ness monster. You know, could could have been. Oh sure. Uh, another one that was brought up as a possible explanation for the Jersey devil is none other than the sand Hill crane. And I think I mentioned earlier that the Jersey devil may have something in common with the Mothman. And well, if they're both explained by the sand Hill crane, then the Mothman and the Jersey devil are one in the same. One of the, one of the explanations for that is that a lot of the sightings said that the creature had red eyes. The Jersey devil had red eyes, like red glowing eyes, 
which could just mean they saw it at nighttime and their eyes, whatever it was, could have been a squirrel reflecting light. Their eyes could maybe look red, but I don't think I've ever seen anything reflecting red. But have you ever seen like something going to walk at night and you see some reflecting, you know, like even if it's just a neighborhood cat, just for a split second, you see those eyes reflecting at, at you back out of the bushes or something. That's some, that's some scary stuff right there. <laughs> the Sandhill crane has like a red marking on its head. And that's why they say that people interpret that as red eyes glowing at them. And that's, that's why they say it's a Sandhill crane. But I'm like, well, at, well, maybe those in, feathers have some kind of reflective properties or something. Yeah. In the dark, would it, would it like reflect like eyes? I don't know if that really looks like like red eyes. I don't, who knows? I mean, if you see something under strange conditions and, and your mind flips out and you know, you panic, I guess maybe anything's possible. Ah, who knows? All right. So another explanation that I found was that it was actually a deformed child that Mrs. Leeds kept locked away in the house. Like it had massive birth defects or something. And out of embarrassment, she hid it away from the rest of the neighborhood. And uh, at some point this child escaped or something, maybe forging for food because they didn't feed it. I, I don't know. This one doesn't, it doesn't have that much legs, in my opinion, but hey, who knows? Maybe a, a massively deformed child escaped <laughs> and terrorized the neighborhood for a bit, and that could be the origin. I don't know. And then the, the last one that I found that uh, I wanted to talk about was something that we sort of mentioned earlier, but some people consider it to be the very essence of evil and a harbinger of war. And they point to evidence of, you know, a spike of sightings or specific sightings that seem to happen just before wartime. But a skeptic might say that, well, there's so many sightings throughout the years that you could just choose ones that just so happen to be before wars. And they, they cite certain wars like the revolution, you know, world war one, world war two, the Vietnam war, or just pick your war. And there's been sightings of the Jersey devil just before that war. But I mean, there's always sightings of the Jersey Devil, so I'm not sure that one makes sense specifically. But given the supernatural aspect of some of these sightings, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for this to be some sort of, I don't know, not maybe not like an actual normal creature that we haven't discovered, but some sort of supernatural creature of some kind, especially the accounts where, I mean, there's a lot of accounts where people either shot it or hit it with some weapon and it didn't seem to affect it at all, which kind of makes you wonder, you know, if, if you're a mag- can you really hallucinate something like that? You know, I don't know. It's just, it's really strange. And it just kind of makes me wonder what did these people actually see? So those are all like sort of the possible explanations that I sort of came up with. Did you folks have any uh, possible explanations? Agents? Aliens. Aliens. You oh, forgot aliens. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Mm. I did not consider the aliens. We'll get to uh, somebody actually requested. It's um, related to the Mothman, but uh, an um, cryptid, or sometimes it's considered a cryptid, sometimes an alien called uh, Indrid Cold. I think we talked about it a little bit, but maybe that'd be fun. I don't know if there's enough there to do a whole episode, but we might do a maybe, mind boggle, uh, or maybe do an episode where we cover a d- couple of different things. But it's definitely an interesting one I want to do, but. Agent Ether, any any final opinions or thoughts? I don't know. I just when I think about the origin story and the fact that you know they had the 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 Leeds family had the dragon basically on their shield, and you discussed you know kind of the history between them and the political environment and that sort of thing. 
it just makes me feel a little skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, people are definitely seeing something. So that's why it kind of makes me think maybe they're seeing, you know, some sort of exotic animal that's not indigenous to the area. Yeah. Or some, uh, who knows? I mean, there's any number of possible explanations, but it's hard to believe that everybody's seeing nothing. Like all these reports throughout the years for 250 or 300 years, I don't believe that they're all just nothing, you know? I think that they're all accounting there or they're all due to something. What that something is. We don't know. We don't know. All right. Before we wrap it up, let's give a shout out to the live audience who is, I, I some people came and went. So I don't remember who all was here throughout the show. Cause I wasn't paying uh, that close of attention, but we got, uh, we got weird owl. Who's avatar, by the way, is one of, uh, well, I don't know about my favorite show, but it's a show that I greatly enjoyed called um, adventure time. I'll just say my, my favorite episode, a quote from that episode is, if you say my name three times, I'll do anything. You know, that's that's uh, Jake the dog said that. We got Grayscaling of anime fame. We got good old Yak, Beowulf, Cringe Lord, and Donut Slayer. Slay them donuts. I wonder if Donut Slayer is doesn't mean that they eat a lot of donuts, but it's sort of like a euphemism for something else. Now I'm afraid to ask. But all right, guys. Thanks for sticking around on the live show. We really appreciate you guys. And I wanted to do at some point, um, I wanted to like bring people up on the stage, like at the end of the show and just, you know, for a quick comments and stuff, we're going to skip that this time because our show has gone quite long. It's a, we're at an hour 46 right now, which I'll probably edit that down maybe to an hour 30, but it's still quite long. So we'll skip that this time around. But um, next time, if you have, any device with like a, a, a microphone, like a cell phone or a computer or something. Um, I think on, on the audience, you can raise your hand and then I can click on you to bring you onto the stage. And then you guys could, you know, say hello or, you know, have a comment about what we talked about on the episode or a question or whatever, you know, it's whatever you want to talk about. Maybe bring one or two people up at the end of an episode if they want to come up. Uh, it's something I definitely want to try. Maybe we'll aim for that next time. But for this time, Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show and also want some sweet Jersey Devil t-shirts, check out the link in the description. Your purchase really helps us out, and using the affiliate link doesn't cost you anything extra. Keep it strange.